Good morning. Welcome to another episode of the Edward Mullen Podcast. I am your host, Edward Mullen, and it's a beautiful morning in Vancouver, Canada. It's July 20th, 2013. And today's podcast was inspired by a YouTube video that I watched yesterday, which really disturbed me. It was basically about this woman. She's like 21, and she hired or she was attempting to hire a hitman to kill her husband because it was easier than divorce and she didn't want to face the judgment of her parents or her family and whatnot. And it was really disturbing because she was like super cavalier about it. She was joking around. She's like, oh yeah, whatever. Just, you know, shoot him in the face or break his neck, whatever works. Like, it just really disturbed me that there's a human being out there like that. And of course there are. I mean, it's not that I'm naive to that. It's just that I rarely see it like that. And it seems so real. Like it could be anybody's. could be somebody you are in line with the at the bank or, you know, sitting next to you on the bus or something like that. And she's a psychopath. Like she has no feeling or remorse for, for human life. And that really bothered me. So what I've decided to do, which is really nothing, but what I've decided to do is, you know, try to question some of the different choices if she wasn't a psychopath if she's just some moron from bumblefuck nowhere who made a series of bad choices hung around the wrong crowd and she's just really uneducated and thinks that that's how to deal with problems then you know the least that i could do would be to try to dissuade somebody else who might be in that position from behaving like that of course i'm in no position to give any advice Um, i'm not rich i'm not successful i'm not famous i'm nobody i'm just some dude but uh, i pulled together 10 of my favorite quotes well i kind of put this together just the 10 quotes that that came to my mind i'm sure there's hundreds that have influenced me or that i like that i'll after i record this i will go back and think oh shoot i should have put that one in but anyway these are the the first kind of 10 that i came up with and uh, they really kind of helped guide me in life, and I thought perhaps you know I could I could share them uh, with you. And for nothing else, it may be a good record for me. I could go back and listen to this and get inspiration when I'm, you know, down in the dumps or whatever. So without further ado, let's get to it. Cue the music. Okay, so I have my 10 quotes that I will read in descending order. So the 10th one first, and we'll work our way down. I want to start with a Socrates quote that says, I cannot teach anybody anything. I can only make them think. And there's many instances in my life where, you know, actually I talk about it when I do the, when I did the podcast with my doctor friend, I opened with a story about how Sarah and I went to Chicago and we were you know, we, we gave some food to this, we gave some pizza to this person on the street. And I kind of asked him, you know, why aren't people more willing to reach out and ask for assistance in life? And I believe we concluded that it was ego or pride or something like that. And I equated it to, you know, if you were in a situation where you haven't figured something out, like in the jungle, and you were you know, shivering cold, you couldn't eat anything, and you came across a tribe that had it all figured out. They knew how to make weapons and fire and and shelter and all this kind of stuff. And they offered you assistance or like, I mean, wouldn't you ask for assistance? Like, hey, man, you've figured some stuff out. 
like, can you help me? Can you show me how to do this? But in, in the city, you know, nobody's willing to do that. Well, let's be honest. Sometimes people are better at figuring things out than other people. You know, whether it's researching, you know, grants to get into school or filling out forms properly that will give you benefits or, you know, learning the banking system so you're not taken advantage of. You know, there's there's tons of things, right? You know, how to treat people and, and how to how to manage your emotions, all this kind of stuff. There's people that are better at it than others. And it's almost like people don't want to admit that they are weak or they are stupid or they haven't figured something out. So they just continue to make the same mistakes and they carry on doing what they have always done, which is not working. And it really kind of bums me out when I walk down Granville Street in Vancouver and I see all these kind of kids, which are, I don't know, 21 to 25 they're kind of like the punk rocker with the spiky hair and they're dirty. They got the vest and the, the badges sewn onto their vest and they're all in black and they got a dog with a spike collar. And they usually have some sign that's trying to be funny. What's like, you know, give me money for weed and beer or something stupid like that. And I always think like, is are these people different than me? Is there something in their brain that's that's caused them to be where where they are? Or are they just you know, made a series of bad choices and they haven't figured it out or, you know, I don't, I don't get it. It's like, and, and another thing, like, where is this going? I want to ask them, like, where do you, where do you see this going? Are you looking to, to just sit on the street and, and hopefully some billionaire comes and snatches you up and takes you away to his castle or something? Are you hoping to hit the lottery? I mean, what's the strategy here? I, I just don't get it. And when you're a little kid and you think about how your life, you want your life to turn out, I mean, I don't think any of them imagined that I want to be a homeless kid on the street begging for change. I mean, I'm not trying to judge them. I'm just, I just fascinating, like how they ended up like that. And they're probably not that different than me. Maybe they are, whatever. I don't know. Um, But I feel that the, the position that you're in in life is just a series of choices. It's kind of like the game of Frogger. You know, you move up one, you move sideways, maybe you have to move back, you take two steps forward. And you're just trying to navigate across this crazy life without getting nailed by a car or some other obstacle that will derail you. You know, a decision to do a ride along in a B&E or something. Hey, man, let's let's do that. Or I, I got to go meet this buddy uh, down in the basement. You want to come? You know, the answer to that is probably no. You probably don't want to go down there. But, you know, some people say, yeah, OK. And next thing you know, the cops bust in and you're being arrested. It's like that little decision that changes everything, right? And I kind of wrote a book about this. It's the Destiny and Free Will book, which is about how small choices in your life can affect everything. So I think it would be a good starting place to start with a Calvin Coolidge quote, who was a president from, I believe, 1923 to 1929. I edited it for readability. His original quote is good, but it just may be a little bit convoluted. So uh, his quote with my edits are, nothing in the world can take place of persistence. There are plenty of unsuccessful men with talent, plenty of unrewarded geniuses, and even more educated derelicts. Persistence and determination alone will solve the problems of the human race. I totally believe this because, you know, we all, we don't all start at the same place. You know, the world's not created equally. Some of us are born in Canada. Some of us are born in Somalia. Some of us are born to drug addicted parents or or orphaned, or, you know, maybe we have ADD, or, you know, we have cerebral palsy, or whatever, we're not born equally. But if you want something bad enough in life, you will find a way to get it. And I truly believe that the reason why you're not where you want to be in life is because you don't want it bad enough. Yeah, maybe not. I don't know. Like, 
could could I be in the NBA? Maybe. I mean, Muggsy Bogues and Spud Webb, they're 5'2 and 5'3 or something like that. And I think I think one of them actually won a slam dunk competition one year, which is really crazy. But yeah, but if you're not athletically inclined, you might not be, uh, there might be some physical limitation to why you can't be in the NBA. But generally speaking, for the most part, you can get to where you want to be by just sheer hard work, by outworking the next guy. And Calvin Coolidge says this, I kind of wrote a book about it, The Art of the Hustle, which kind of implies that your hustle and determination and your drive can actually get you to the top of the world in business, regardless of your station in life, regardless of your talents. Um, the, the main character in that book, Trevor Morrison, is, you know, relatively average in every way. He's not, uh, you know, he at the beginning of the book, we learned that he's failing most classes in school. He's not that popular. He's not athletic. He's, he's just a dude, but um, he has a desire to win. And he well, anyway, I don't want to talk about that. But anyway, the point is, it's kind of easy sometimes to blame other people because maybe you don't want to admit to yourself and be honest to yourself that you have shortcomings, that you're lazy. Actually, I know some people that are, they have nothing going for themselves. They're overweight. They don't have a, a partner. They live at home with their parents. They don't have a job. They don't have an education. They they have nothing. And they claim to be successful and i think they believe it so that's kind of weird that that's a situation it's either uh mental disorder maybe they're delusional like there's some physical wrong in their brain or they're just not really willing to be honest with themselves and took a you know evaluate their life and say okay let's let's do an honest assessment i am you know 40 pounds overweight let's deal with that how can that how can how can getting in better shape improve my day well it gives you more energy maybe more self-confidence, then you educate yourself, you learn a trade, you learn a skill, maybe take a typing class, I don't know, whatever you have to do, you can do it, just figure out what you need to do to get there. And it might not be easy, it might take a lot of work, and you might even fail, but that's okay. I think as long as you try to better yourself every day, then at least you'll be happier, I believe. Okay, so that was the persistence quote. The second quote, number nine, ties into the first quote comes from Kai Green, professional bodybuilder, and I wrote a blog about it at uh, platosacademic.wordpress.com, which is also on my website, edwardmullen.com, and one of his quotes, and this guy is like, you know, 300 pounds with abs, he's solid muscle, and he achieved something that is very difficult to do, to, to look like that through hard work, and I put this quote in the piece it says basic fundamentals being applied over and over and over and over again getting up at a certain time doing certain things cooking your meals going to your do your cardio walking through your disciplines keeping the checklist and staying on top of them those are the things that when you string them together you start to create a day of efficient action the more likely you are to string those days of efficient action together the more likely it will be that you can set up your own success all right, so this basically is the same thing with persistence, applying a basic fundamental over and over and over again. You know, it could be applied to anything like just getting in good habits, a routine, waking up every morning, uh, working on a task, becoming better at it. And I realize the problem with this is that some people don't know what they want to do with their life. So it's, you know, it's great for him that he wakes up and uh, works out and wants to become a professional bodybuilder. But what if you don't? What if you want to be a, what if you just want to sleep all day and, and read comics? Uh, what are you supposed to do then? 
So in those cases, maybe you just want to figure out a way where you can be happy and, you know, maybe slightly happier than the day before. So if you want to sleep all day and read comics and you work graveyards, you're like a security guard watching watching some monitor and you're happy with that, then cool. That's that's your life and that's fine. But if you want to be more successful, you're going to have to work on it every day, put in a ton of hours and try to be excellent at that thing. Okay, so number eight is a quote that... I put in my book, Destiny and Free Will. Some of these quotes you'll see around, I'll either write a blog about it or they'll show up in my books or they will, I'll maybe post a tweet about it. So if you've been following me, some of these aren't new. But uh, this quote is at the beginning of the book, Destiny and Free Will, which is the exploration of the belief that everything happens for a reason. And the quote is from Marilyn Monroe. It says, I believe everything happens for a reason. People change so that you can learn to let things go. Things go wrong so that you can appreciate them when they go right. You believe lies so that eventually you can trust no one but yourself. And sometimes good things fall apart so better things can fall together. So obviously I like this quote. I like it because uh, it deals with everything happens for a reason, which is a belief that I have. I wrote a whole book on it. And I think it really captures how some things that you perceive now to be negative in your life may actually turn out to be positives. I'll give you two examples. First is a quote from J.K. Rowling, author of the Harry Potter series. I actually wrote a blog about this called From Rags to Riches, The Pursuit of Success. And in it, I talk about J.K. Rowling was at a 2008 Harvard commencement ceremony and she was giving a speech to the graduating class and she said, failure meant stripping away of the inessential. I stopped pretending to myself that I was anything other than what I was and I began to direct all my energy on finishing the only work that mattered to me. Had I really succeeded at anything else, I might never have found the determination to succeed in the one area where I truly belonged. So rock bottom became a solid foundation on which I built my life. So in this blog, I kind of talk about how sometimes you can go through negative things and then it actually turns out to be a positive. J.K. Rowling was 29 years old. She was divorced. Her mom passed away. She was diagnosed with clinical depression, contemplating suicide. She, she literally hit rock bottom. So from that vantage point, you would have to conclude that your life sucks and you're worthless and you have no purpose. Yet... Fast forward a few years, she became a billionaire, one of the most successful authors of all time. It might not have been obvious to her at that stage of her life. She's 29, she's she's broke, she's got a mountain of debt. So how do we evaluate our lives when we don't know how our lives will turn out and how things can change and how opportunities can present themselves? And the second example is that sometimes when you're climbing a hill, your perspective is limited, you know, metaphorically speaking. You don't see all the angles. And maybe somebody who's above you, somebody like a, a superior, like a boss or a parent or something like that who's got a little bit more experience is a, is a little bit higher up and they will give you advice that you might not really understand. But then when you get to where they are, your perspective changes. You now have the same vantage point they had when they give you that advice. You're a little bit higher up on the hill and you can see the landscape much better. You can see things clear. You go, oh, I get it. This is this way because of that and this and that. But it's difficult when you're at the bottom. That's why sometimes, you know, people try to explain the universe and life and God and all this kind of stuff. But it's kind of like an ant trying to explain life. You're just so far down the hill. So so that basically embodies the whole Marilyn Monroe quote. 
All right, so number seven actually is a quote from the Bible. It's a very popular quote. It comes up in a number of different things, and essentially is, do unto others as you would have others do unto you, or treat everyone the way you would like to be treated. And this is one that's really helped me out a lot in life because there's a direct correlation between your happiness and how you treat other people. So if you're just super kind to everybody, even though you might be warranted to yell at somebody, somebody cuts you off, somebody spills coffee on you, somebody is mean to you, somebody does something stupid or steals your sweater or something, you might want to punch them in the face or yell at them or call them a mean name or write some scathing response on a YouTube video or something like that. That will only make you unhappy. It's only a reflection of your misery. When somebody's behaving that way and they're lashing out and they're yelling, they're truly not happy with some facet of themselves. So the best thing you can do is to be the best person that you can be, to be to have no regrets, to be educated, to be healthy, to be in shape, to be prolific, to be all the things that you want to be. Just do those things and then you'll become confident. And when you're confident and somebody insults you, then you can't really get offended. So anyway, be kind to others and others will be kind to you. There's actually a quote from that's in the 48 Laws of Power that I wanted to include, but I didn't. And it says, avoid the unhappy and the unlucky. Now, why do you think he says that? That's like in the top 10. That's, uh, well, actually, yeah, that's number 10. He says that. Because those type of qualities are infectious. If you're unhappy, you're going to attract other unhappy people and you're going to continue. It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. You're going to be continually be unhappy. And if you're unlucky and you're around unlucky people who make bad choices, you're going to continue to have that same bad luck and unhappiness. And another quote that kind of is in line with that, there's a quote that kind of floats around that says, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing, expecting different results. I'm pretty sure that's not the definition of insanity, but a lot of people attribute that to insanity. And if you want to see different results, you have to do things differently. These kinds of things are along the same kind of line. Okay, so number six, this is really good advice from Russell Simmons. Uh, It's in the book, Do You, which is fantastic if you like, you know, business and entrepreneurship, but also like hip hop. And he had a line in there that said, don't wait for someone else to put you on. And basically what he means is that a lot of people have excuses for not being where they want to be in life. So they'll say, oh, I want to get into uh, this program. I'm just waiting for the, the acceptance letter. Or I'm just waiting to hear back from this person so I could get my book deal. Or I'm just waiting for this person to say yes. A lot of people are just waiting for somebody to say yes. And that's a problem. And I've noticed that in my life. If you want to do something, don't wait for someone to to say yes to you. Just do it. If you want to write a book, you don't have to have some big publisher say yes to you or some literary agent say yes to you. you just do it all yourself. There's no problem. If you want to make movies, if you want to, you know, for example, if you wanted to be a lawyer and you're just waiting for an acceptance into law school, you might think, well, hey, how can I get into law school without somebody saying yes? Well, that's true. In that situation, there's a barrier to entry, a, a troll, like a bridge troll that has to basically grant you access so you can cross. But 
you know, an alternative way of thinking is like, well, I can just learn everything that they learn. I could read all the same books as they learn. I could get the same education. So, you know, that's one thing that I did. Instead of going to business school, I just bought a bunch of business books that the business school kids read. I mean, you're going to forget most of it anyway. So what, why am I going to pay you $100,000 to go to your school? So that's one thing. If you have the drive to learn about business and you don't want to pay a bunch of money to get into school or you get rejected from business school, just read all the books that they're reading. It's not like there's different information out there. They're not getting secret information. They'll probably learn from having a teacher, but you could learn hands-on. You could start your own business and, and have practical experience, which is probably better than a classroom. So, uh, so that's why I like that piece of advice. So the fifth quote comes from Robert Kiyosaki, author of the Rich Dad, Poor Dad series. In Rich Dad, Poor Dad, he says, if not now, when? So this kind of is in line with the previous quote, uh, the Russell Simmons quote. So if you want to do something with your life and now is not the right time, you have to decide when you're going to do it. And if there's no better time, then you, you should do it right away. Like, you know, a lot of times people think, oh, yeah, I want to go traveling one day. I want to write a really great novel one day. Well, if why don't you do it right now? Because tomorrow you're going to wake up and you're going to say the same thing. And eventually you're going to die and you're not going to do those things. So why put off until tomorrow what you can do today? So this really helped me out a lot when I, I'm trying to, you know, I'm either being lazy about something or I, I think something is outside of my grasp. So I don't try. It's like, okay, well, if I don't do this now, when am I ever going to do it? Let's just do it now. Let's just try it. And a lot of great can come of it. Okay. So number four is from Robert Greene, a book called The 48 Laws of Power. It's actually a lot of great advice in The 48 Laws of Power. There's there's some bad ones that I don't agree with about you know being conniving and sneaky. And, I, and I'm sure that's good advice if you want to be powerful. I'm sure you need to do those kinds of things, but but whatever. So anyway, there's a lot of great advice in that book. So I had to pick one and I picked number four, which is coincidentally number four on my list. I just noticed that. It says, always say less than necessary. Sometimes when you're interacting with people, maybe it'd be a cop or maybe it'd be your boss or maybe it'd be your partner or something like that. The more you say, the more opportunity you have to say the wrong thing. Um, sometimes you'll also rub people the wrong way if you talk too much. So that's why it's always good to not divulge all your information. Don't show all your cards. Don't potentially say the wrong thing that might offend somebody or get you in trouble or implicate you in some way. So I actually have a similar quote that I like to live my life by. And I wrote it. I have this blog post. It's called Edward Mullen Memes. And basically, one of them says, whenever I interact with somebody, I always remind myself of two things. One, I'm not funny. And two, they don't give a shit. It's actually pretty interesting because if you ask me at any point in my life, up until I was, say, 26 years old, uh, I would say I was funny. That was like a huge um, identifying characteristic of mine was that I was funny. But then I realized that I'm actually not that funny. I'm funny to myself. I make myself laugh, but nobody else thinks I'm funny. So then I'm like, oh, okay, a lot of the reasons why I was getting myself in trouble with people saying the wrong things was that I would offend them because my sense of humor, I love like Seth MacFarlane and Monty Python and, you know, House, where they just say really inappropriate things. That is my comedy. I love, I love saying a really inappropriate thing at an inopportune time and watching people squirm, that, that, that's hilarious to me. But it's actually not a good way to live life. So when a joke pops into my head, like, oh, this will be a good joke, I immediately 
wait 10 seconds. And if I have any doubt at the end of that, I don't say it. And the second thing with people don't give a shit, that is so true. When you bump into somebody in the street and they say, hey, how's it going? They don't want to hear your life story. They don't want to hear, oh, yeah, I got this gig and now things are going well and this and that. They don't give a shit. They're just trying to get to where they want to go and they happen to bump into you. So this is another good lesson to be concise when somebody asks you a question. Give just the information. Don't give a backstory. Nobody gives a shit. Just tell me what I need to know. And okay, so number three comes from Steve Martin. And it's basically be undeniably good at what you do. So the quote is, be undeniably good at what you do. When people ask me how do I make it in show business or whatever, what I always tell them, and nobody takes note of it because it's not the answer that they want to hear. What they want to hear is how to get an agent, how to write a script, how to, how do you do this. And I always say, be so good that they can't ignore you. If somebody's thinking, how can I be really good? People are going to come to you. It's much easier doing it that way than going to cocktail parties. So that quote is pretty self-explanatory. It applies to writing books and acting and singing and whatever whatever it is. You want a promotion, just be so good that they can't ignore you. And instead of feeling sorry for yourself, oh, why am I not in this position? Maybe, it's a, maybe the reason is you're not good enough, unfortunately. So that is in your control. You can work harder. You can sleep less hours. You can study more, you can practice more, and you can be better. And one day they will say yes to you. But if not, you could just do it yourself. As Russell Simmons says, never wait for someone to put you on. Okay, so number two comes from Mark Cuban, who's a billionaire, owner of the Mavericks. He's on Shark Tank or Dragon's Den, one of those shows. And he says, one thing we can all control is effort. Put in the time to become an expert in whatever you're doing. It will give you an advantage because most people don't do this. The beauty of success, whether it's finding a girl of your dreams, the right job, or financial success, is that it doesn't matter how many times you failed. You only have to be right once. And then everyone can tell you how lucky you are. That is not only good advice, but it's well put. I love that. He says you only have to be right once, which is kind of funny because he became a billionaire essentially overnight. He didn't grind it out for many many years you know starting a small company and growing it to a medium-sized company and a big company and doing mergers and acquisitions and inventing products and and grinding it out over many many years he basically invented from what i know he invented an internet company in the kind of technological boom of the 90s and he sold it for a billion dollars something like that like six billion and then he lost a bunch of billions but anyway This is another example of how effort and persistence and being undeniably good at what you do pays off. Okay, man. The last quote is actually a couple of quotes from Socrates, my hero or one of my heroes. It only seems right that I end with a Socrates quote. And it's actually a couple quotes because they're all generally around the same theme, Uh, the Socratic ignorance, it's called. And uh, the quotes are... The only true wisdom is knowing that I know nothing. So he actually goes to the Oracle of Delphi and he asks them, because Socrates' whole thing is that he doesn't know anything and he goes up to people who supposedly know things, you know, people that are really influential people, people that are judges and business owners and 
public speakers and and all these people with knowledge and he goes and seeks knowledge like ah i have a question about what justice is who better to ask than you mr judge man and through a series of questioning and answering he discovers that this person also does not have knowledge so then he goes to the oracle of delphi and the oracle of delphi says to him socrates you are the wisest man and he says that's impossible i can't be the wisest man i don't know anything and he says, no, but that's the reason why you're the wise man, because you're the only person that knows that they know nothing. Everybody else thinks they know stuff. Okay, so the next quote that he says, or he's quoted for saying, he actually didn't write anything down. It's all Plato. So everything that we know about Socrates is actually from Plato. Socrates didn't actually write anything. So this is a quote of Socrates, but technically we don't know if he actually said it. But uh, it says, the highest form of human excellence is to question oneself and others. And the final quote is, the unexamined life is not worth living. These are very famous quotes. You may have heard them. But basically, he's saying to question everything. Anyone who tells you not to question them needs to be questioned the most. It's like, what are you, some alien from another planet? Do you, do you have all the answers? Probably not. Maybe there's maybe they do have the answers because uh, they're on a higher part of the mountain than you. And that's fine. They might know. But let's question them anyway. When somebody tells you to do something, always question it. Why? What is the motivation behind this? Why do I have to do this? There's a great story that I like. Uh, Basically, a little girl is in the kitchen with her mom, and the mom is baking a turkey. And before the mom puts the turkey in the oven, she cuts off the legs and then puts it in the pan, puts it in the oven. And the little girl takes notice of this, and she goes, Mom, why did you cut the legs off the turkey? She says, well, because that's the way my mom always did it. She goes, oh, that's interesting. So then the little girl goes to her grandma, her mom's mom, and says, Grandma, why did you cut the legs off the turkey? Grandma goes, I don't know. That's just the way my mom always did it. So then the little girl goes to her great-grandmother, goes, Grandma, why did you cut the legs off the turkey? And the grandma goes, oh, it wouldn't fit in the pan any other way. So here you have two generations of people doing something stupid doing something for no reason. They didn't question it. And this comes up a lot in life In when you're working at a company and you say, why are we doing it this way? This is not a good way. This is There's a better way. Let's do it this way. That might not be the popular thing to do at a job. You have to be very careful with how you present that. So in that situation, you basically have to... Actually, it reminds me of another quote. Um, I'll sneak this one in there. It's by a guy named Buckminster Fuller. And the quote is... You never change things by fighting the existing reality. To change something, build a new model that makes the existing model obsolete. So I think that's the better way. Instead of maybe questioning people, because questioning somebody's why are we doing this way, it offends them. It makes them feel, it challenges their ego. It's saying, hey, your way is stupid. Why are you doing something stupid? And then they get defensive and then it causes conflict. So you don't want to necessarily do that. You might want to, the better strategy would be to just make a better way, do it a better way and show them, hey man, I do it this way. It saves more time or blah, blah, blah. And and actually that reminds me of another quote. See, I'm just coming up with these quotes kind of last minute and there's lots of quotes that kind of fill my brain. I'm like, oh yeah, I should put that one in. The Gandhi quote, become the change that you want to see. I mean, that could have easily made the list. So yeah, that that's kind of like the same thing. If you want to change the world, and get people to behave a certain way the best thing to do is just change yourself and be that change and maybe others will follow suit they'll see your example and follow suit 
so there it is, man. I have 10 quotes, which I packed in some other quotes. So it's actually probably more than 10. But those are the ones that kind of came to mind first. And, you know, there's obviously lots of good advice out there about, you know, don't steal, be patient, be, you know, all the virtues, be kind to people. But those are some of the quotes that I like. So let me know some of the quotes that you like and how they help your life and some of the ones that I missed that you think should have been on the list. Uh, hit me up on Twitter, at Ryder Mullen. My website, edwardmullen.com, has all my stuff. Uh, like me on Facebook. Check out my books, Destiny and Free Will and The Art of the Hustle. Got Prodigy, my new one coming out soon. All right, take care. Peace. Yeah.